Timothy Holloway. And welcome back to Know Your Nonsense Podcast. So, uh, today we are going to be talking about, did any of you guess it, the wonderful world of Pokemon. Yes, good old Pokemon. Timothy was, I mean, he was right until he decided to make it nuanced and yeah. went into Detective Pikachu. Uh, nuance is my weakness, yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, so, yes, we are going to be doing a general overview of the franchise that is pokemon very general overview this is so much information yeah i got so overwhelmed oh it's wild oh my word <laughs> so uh we spent uh i spent about four hours researching this topic how much, how much did you spend about four maybe maybe four thirty. it was kind of a on and off process yeah. so like we said this is a very general overview as somebody who is very deep into the Pokemon world, I'm researching this stuff and like every point I come to, it's like, ah, oh, yes, I've watched an hour long YouTube video on that. So YouTube, I should have looked there. Did you seriously not look at I YouTube? I didn't think oh, to look at YouTube. I was, I literally searched mistake. for scholarly papers on Pokemon. That's not what you do. I've learned that now. <laughs> yes. Uh, hot tip for all you researchers out there, you budding researchers. When it comes to video games, go to YouTube because yes. we aren't actual experts, but like we might as well be. So I wouldn't even say that. Like it's other people, maybe we're they've dedicated their lives to this. I mean, I've been playing Pokemon since I was about six. So touche. Anyway, <laughs> so Timothy's gonna give you the general overview, and we're gonna go from there. So take it away, dude. Okay, so a general overview of Pokemon. This is something that I definitely did not know much about. I played it when I was younger, but it has been many a year. So for those of you who don't know, Pokemon is actually short for Pocket Monsters. Pretty self-explanatory. They're small little monsters on a screen that you can carry around in your pocket. Wow, who would have thought? Um, but it started out way back in the 80s. Uh, in this magazine known as Game Freak, which you might recognize as you know one of the company logos at the beginning of a Pokemon game if you played that. So in Game Freak, there was Satoshi Tajiri, who was the writer, and then Ken Sugimori, who was the illustrator. And they were kind of like the, the leaders behind this, at the time, gaming magazine, or gamers magazine, or whatever the proper term for that um, is. Yeah, game magazine. Game magazine? Okay. Terminology is not that Yeah, strict. okay. Fair enough. But they were the masterminds behind this. And it didn't start as a video game franchise. That was not till 96, uh, 1996. But instead, it started as something within the magazine. It was their idea. It was stuff that was somewhere in the magazine. That's something I actually couldn't figure out exactly what it was. But I'm sure Riley will correct me on that later. Eventually, they decided that, yeah, a game is where this is going. But it is not for the popular outlet of the day as arcade games no that is not the move for them so instead they decided you know what this is the move we're going to publish and develop games kind of by ourselves but we're going to reach out to another larger company that's already done this i.e nintendo sega even sony at the time was kind of big from what i read sony's still big dude okay yeah but not in, not in the same i'm sorry world, playstation lovers <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, that is funny. Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, continuing on from that embarrassing bumble. Um, so they decided to try and go to Nintendo, but Nintendo kind of wasn't having it. They didn't really understand the, like, they didn't really understand it. They didn't understand what Pokemon was. They didn't understand how it would be a benefit to them. And, well, after a long time, they decided to go ahead and run with it with Tajiri and Sugimori. And the first Pokemon games were released in February of 1996 on the 26th. And so this was in part due to Game Freak's past successes with stuff they had done, uh, which I don't have written down here. I should have done that. Look them up, kids. The most notable was Yoshi. That's it, yeah. They made the Yoshi game. Good old Yoshi. I love Yoshi. Yoshi's dope. He's amazing. But that was the debut of the Pokemon franchise in Japan that day in February. Not long after that, uh, in fact, same year, but in October, the game was were going so well that the card game came out, which you still see in just about every supermarket slash department store checkout aisle. You still see the little... Pokemon card packs, because it's gone very well for them. Now, this was not the end of the Pokemon craze, though. The year after that, in April of 1997, that is when the very popular Pokemon anime started. Now, it's been going on since 97. They still are making new episodes, and they have over 900 episodes so far. 23 animated movies, plus Detective Pikachu which was a live-action movie, which went really well considering other live-action movie attempts for video games, historically had not gone well. No. At all. No. I'm flashing back to the old Mario Brothers video. Uh, we don't talk about that. Yeah, no. You didn't have to. You could have used any other example. I'm sorry. The Goombas haunt my nightmares. No. <laughs> but, yeah, that was those were all really big successes um, for Pokemon. The first movie was in 99, 1999. It was with Mewtwo and everything. And then actually the most recent movie that came out in 2020 also dealt with Mewtwo. Fun facts there. Uh, kind of little parallels there with their start and where they are now, but not zip point. Um, throughout the span of their TV show run, though, there have been multiple different animation style changes, which has caused a bit of a backlash from the fans every time that would happen. Um so, if you don't know, the anime follows a kid by the name of Ash Ketchum. Now, fun fact about that, that his name translated into what they use in Japan is actually the same name as their creator, I believe. Yep. Uh, Satoshi. Satoshi. Yeah. And so that that's just a little fun Easter egg there. But before we get deeper into his story, you kind of have to understand where it started and what you do in the game. So, for a brief overview, as part of our brief overview... Overview Inception. Overception. Overception. Overview. Viewception. Let's not. Yeah, let's stop not. Being. Yeah, we're Sorry. going. Sorry. Moving on. We're funny, we promise. <laughs> the premise of these games is that you play as your own little character in this world where you are surrounded by these little monsters, Pokemon. And essentially, when you're 11, you're kicked out of your house and told, hey, Go catch things and go fight people. You're not kicked out. You're right. You're right. It is heavily encouraged for you to leave home. Uh, I mean, we, not entirely true. So when you're 11, that's the age that you are able to get your first Pokemon from the Pokemon professor. 
And when you get your first Pokemon, naturally, you kind of just head out. Now, granted, most parents do have a seemingly lack of concern. Very but then true. again, you also have a, you know, a mouse that doubles as a thundercloud. So yeah, that's that is also fair. But yeah, it is a. I'd say it's encouraged. Yeah, just it's okay. fairly encouraged. Um, <laughs> but the point is, you go out and you meet this professor who is in your town, and he gives you a Pokemon. And this Pokemon can be one of three types. It's either grass, water, or fire. In later games, they would change that a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah. But you choose one, and then you go off and you catch others. Thus, the catchphrase, gotta catch them all. But throughout this journey, you will fight other trainers and their Pokemon. You will fight what are called gym battles, where essentially it's another trainer who has proved themselves to be like a master with a certain type of Pokemon. So water or fire or whatever, you know, they're kind of, you know, the master of that type. And so you go beat them and you're in a little badge that says, hey, I'm getting better at fighting with my Pokemon. And well, fighting alongside my Pokemon, you don't want to fight these things. They no. will blow you up, literally. Yes. But essentially, that is... Um, overall premise of the game with always a sort of kind of side kind of main theme of stopping bad guys from doing bad things it's a side thing yeah i figured but you know they always make you do it so it's kind of a main thing. i mean it's, it is it's a classic rpg thing yeah yeah which this technically is an rpg it's kind of fun that way um yes. rpg for those of you who don't know is a role-playing game good note yes, yes. very bare bones kind of main character because they want you to kind of project yourself onto your main character Hence, roleplay. Exactly. And you even get to name your, uh, what is it, your rival, right? You get to name yourself, your rival, and you can nickname all of your Pokemon. Right, yeah. So you can, like, input your life into this game if you want. If you want to just, you know, beat somebody every day. <laughs> it's your rival right there. Do not, I'm not encouraging that. Take that, Karen, from sales. <laughs> oh, gosh. So you'll just go around and you will try and strengthen your Pokemon and strengthen your you know, skills of, okay, I can use this person against this Pokemon and just all of that stuff. Because there is a strategy to it, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. Um, actually, no, that's not really something I have to wait on. So there are, <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's later. It, it's later. It is. Um, total, there are 18 different types of Pokemon. Started as just 15, um, but later they added the Fairy, Steel, and Dark types. Um, more on that in a minute here. But each type, of which there's like electric, ice, um, fighting, water, flying, poison, literally, there's a lot. There's even a distinction between rock and ground, which, yeah, that sounds very similar, but there are differences. There are differences. Yeah. Including what they're weak slash strong to. Um, but to give an example of that, if you have a fire type who's using a fire move, and you use it on a grass, ice, bug, or steel type, it'll be a lot stronger than if you're, say, using it on a water or a normal type. That's how this works. And they have a sort of chart that works with all of these. So some of them are strong against three or four type things, and then weak against one or two, and then others are weak against three or four, and then other strong against two. It's a really complicated system, but yeah, it's kind of awesome. It's basically an overglorified game of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's a really good way of putting it, because it's... If you've ever seen the t-shirt that's a rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock, it's like that, but on steroids. Yes. 
I'm, I, that's just the t-shirt I always think of, not the actual rock, paper, scissors, because nerdy. Um, but like I mentioned, they added fairy, steel, and dark. Now, first came steel and dark types because there was kind of a, I guess, a unbalance in this chart um, with the psychic types and the ghost types, I believe, which we were actually talking about in the pre-production. Yeah, so yeah. in the first games, psychic was by far the strongest type. It was only checked by ghost, and there was a single ghost type move that could attack, which was lick of all moves. Was not strong. Terrifying. Absolutely yes, terrifying. Was not good. So they introduced the dark type. And then Steel was introduced just to give Pokemon with strong defensive presence in the second games, which you might want to, this would be a good time to steer back into the timeline. Oh, yeah. Timeline. Where were we on that timeline? Oh, uh, you only got through the first games. So oh. what about the second game? Second games. Well, <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's one thing I was confused about. What? Generations. Like what denotes different generations? And But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay so we're not getting to the timelines just know that in the first section of games psychic was overpowered so in the second sections of games they introduced yeah the you have the steel and dark types and, yes yeah and then way down the line in the sixth section of games here come the fairies the fairies which that was really cool because it was again a big um balancing move for them uh, they had to balance out the dragon types yes. i believe um and fairy did that, and they were weak to the steel types, which, fun bit of folklore, fairies hate iron, which is in steel. Yes. But moving on from that. It, well, actually, to throw another little fun tidbit, the other type that is strong against fairy is poison, which is a reference uh, to Tinkerbell being yeah. poisoned by Captain Hook. Fun facts with Riley and Timothy next yes. podcast. Not really. Know your nonsense, kids. So to recap that very large nutshell of the games and what you're supposed to do, it is your job to train your Pokemon as much as you can, defeat the bad guys, which can come in many different forms, Team Rocket, Team Galactic, Team Magma, and... It's always Team of some sort. It is a No team singular villain. Just here. like how all the professors are named after a tree. They, they have a lot of little nuanced things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's, it's a fun time. But that is your goal, and eventually, if you decide to, you can always go face, like, the Elite of the Elite, which is called the Elite Four, um, and... Throughout all of this, you can connect with other players in a lot of the more recent games and, and most of the older games, I think, via more archaic methods, for sure. Well, like yeah, that was, that was one of the main original concepts yeah. that made it so novel. It, it was, was super cool at the time because you could actually connect with these other players and, you know, trade and battle and stuff. Yeah, because you couldn't get the... So the original games had 150 Pokemon. You couldn't yeah. get all 150. You could not catch them all unless you traded with other players. Right, yeah. It was one of the things that just made Pokemon stand out and helped it, you know, gain as much of a following as it did. But as for what there are in the way of games, there have been, I've grouped them into 14 different iterations. And my reasoning is this. Let me explain. They often release two games that go together at the same time. So they started with red and blue. Yes. Well, red and green in Japan, red and blue in America. Right. My bad. Red and green in Japan, and then red and blue in America. Yes. But then they also released yellow with that. I'm counting the three that they release in that sort of fashion. I'm imagining like a triangle. They're, they're, they're releasing a new triangle each time, and that's an iteration. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So like they have red and blue, and then yellow. Then they had silver and gold. 
and Crystal. That was second iteration. Then it moves on to Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald and Diamond and Pearl and Platinum and Black and White. That one doesn't have a third one. And then Black and White 2, X and Y, Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, Sword and Shield, which crazy stuff with that one. That's the latest. Yeah. And that one's actually on the Nintendo Switch, whereas the others have been on all the like severely handheld ones that Switch can be like yeah. bigger. It's cool. But then they also had a bunch of remakes of the earlier games like Fire Red and Leaf Green and Heart Gold, Soul Silver and stuff like that. So that's kind of the iterations of their handheld games, but then they also had Pokemon Go come out, which kind of combines aspect or combines a lot of Pokemon from a lot of those because little did you know, they were making new ones. Between a few of these games, I believe it was between Crystal and Ruby and Sapphire, they added a whole new generation of Pokemon. Um, and they would do this every few game iterations. And so it started, as Riley said, with 150, 151 with the whole Mew thing that is thrown in there. Mew was a hidden little gem, uh, as Riley told me before. That was fun. Yes. Um, but they started with 151, and now they are up to... 893. That's a lot more. <laughs> yeah, that number also... It depends on who's counting. Oh. <laughs> because there are a couple of variations of Pokemon that sometimes are or not okay, included yeah. as separate Pokemon. Yeah, no, that's... I didn't even think about that. Ooh, that's yeah. wild. Okay. <laughs> so... Along with all these different games, they decided to make the worlds different. So, in some games, they would have a region based off of Japan. In other games, they've had a region based off of America or Europe. And with these regions sometimes came what they call regional variants. That what, and that's what's Riley... That is what Riley is talking about yes. there. Wow, hard is talking. His heart is talking. Yes. Yeah, that's what I said. I no, said it, it again. Okay, cool. <laughs> Got a problem buster? <laughs> no, not at all. So that's what Riley's talking about, because sometimes those regional variants can even change the type that the Pokemon is and not just how it looks. Fun little tidbit that they threw in there. But that is a generalization of what you are looking to do in the games. Um, you catch other Pokemon using what they call Pokeballs, which are crazy TARDIS-like technology. Bigger on the inside, I'm sure. But if you don't watch Doctor Who, it just means that big things fit in small containers. It's an easy way to describe it, I think. Yes. But all of this comes into play that when... All t- all, that all Pokemon are Time Lords? No, so, they just have Time Lord technology. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Pikachu Professor is Oak. a Time Lord confirmed. No, no. Professor Oak, if anybody. Nah. That man is old. And... Let's be real, it's Ash, because he never ages. That's fair. And speaking of Ash, that's who I was about to go back to, oh, actually. Oh, wow. Back to the shows. The... All of that explaining what the game was was to get back to what the anime is. And that is the the following of a young boy named Ash Ketchum who on his, what, what do we say, 10th birthday, 11th birthday? 11th birthday. 11th birthday. He gets his first Pokemon, which is Pikachu. You, If you have not seen a Pikachu, I am surprised, but go you. How, no, I'm not go you. How have you lived? <laughs> Two different reactions. Um, <laughs> But we follow Ash and Pikachu in their journey of 
traveling through all these regions than battling in gyms, battling the Elite Four and trading with people, though that doesn't happen often. You usually get sad. Yeah. Um, Bye-bye, Butterfree. <laughs> yep, that happened. Um, but we follow this and we follow the friends that he makes and we hear a lot about like the lore behind Pokemon. So they have their own creation myths. They have their own like mythologies and these like rare Pokemon that are supposedly like godlike in the Pokemon world. It's it's a very involved world. It is. Like if nothing else, the world building in this show is amazing, which personally I think we should look into having an episode just on the Pokemon world building. That's that would fine. be amazing. I'm game. Um look for that coming at you eventually, <laughs> eventually. Who knows when? So yeah, we follow Ash in his training of his Pokemon and his growing in himself and fighting all the different teams that we talked about, Rocket, Magma, all, all the of this. Teams. Yeah, all of it. And all wrapped up in a nice little bow in a kid's show. Um, so yeah, it's uh, very well done, very thought out, lots of world building, like we said. Um, and a lot of this, if not, I'd say all of it, came from these games that so many people have loved. Um and it's not just the games we mentioned before, but they also have spinoffs. Like, there's Pokemon Rangers, which is a whole different concept. They have Detective Pikachu, which was later made into a movie. And, of course, Pokemon Go has been a huge thing for the past few years since, what was that, 2016? 2017? Since what? I'm sorry. Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah, 16. Yeah, 16. But that is, in a very large nutshell on a very large topic, Pokemon. And kind of a generalization of it. Mm. So, Yeah. No, Riley? Roast me. It wasn't bad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to more concisely explain the generations. Please do, because that so, confused me. Okay. So you could consider each quote unquote generation of Pokemon basically to be the next sequels. So, like he mentioned, in nineteen ninety six, red and green came out. That was generation one. And then pretty much right after those were done, they were beginning beginning to get popular. They said, all right, let's make another one. And so they made the next generation, the next sequels, which was gold and silver and eventually crystal. So each generation, kind of like Timothy said, it consisted of two main games. It was always two because of the trading concept. And each game you would have Pokemon that you could not get in the other. And Gold and Silver expanded on this by having legendary Pokemon that you could only get depending on which game you got. And so with each iteration, with each generation, uh, they would introduce new Pokemon. Timothy said that they introduced them every couple. That is not so. New, oh, was it actually every generation? Every generation, Oof, new Pokemon get introduced. So we had the original 151 in Generation 1 with red and blue in generation two the games were gold silver and crystal we got a hundred new pokemon in generation three which was ruby sapphire and emerald we got 135 in generation four diamond pearl and platinum we got 107 in gen five which was black and white we got a whopping 156 new holy cow that's a lot that's a lot because in this game they did not bring back any Pokemon that already existed. Normally it would right. be a mix. You would have the new Pokemon as well as older Pokemon to catch. But in this game, it was exclusively the new ones, which got 
changed in the iteration. The next, they didn't have the third game. They had two sequel games, which right. was Black 2 and White 2. This was the first time they broke their triangle format. And in those games, it was it was the first true sequel to a Pokemon game. Because normally, the third game was just an updated version of the game they already had. Right. Maybe some new story elements, better mechanics, more Pokemon variety, something like that. But these were true sequels to the game, which allowed you to catch older Pokemon because a lot of people were really irritated they couldn't catch older Pokemon. Right. I remember when that happened. Yeah. That was, that was a big, big bummer. Yeah. But moving on. So that was Gen 5. Gen 6, which was X and Y. We got 72 Pokemon. This was also, at least as of right now, the only gen generation that didn't get a update. Everybody was expecting Pokemon Z to come out, and Pokemon Z never came out. Right. We jumped right into Gen 7, which was Sun and Moon, and then Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which had 88 Pokemon plus 18 regional variants. So you could consider it 106 new Pokemon. And then the most recent, Gen 8, which is Sword and Shield got 81 pokemon and 13 variants taking it up to 94 now that i believe is not perfectly accurate because sun and moon is not getting not sun and moon so sorry sword and shield are not getting a sequel game or games they're getting two downloadable content packs where you get a new area of the region to explore which has some new legendary Pokemon in it. So that's the generations. So those are all, all those generations. That is the main series titles of Pokemon. That's the main title series. And then, like you said, you have a whole bunch of spinoffs. So many spinoffs. I tried to count. I did my best. And if we, it, it gets really fudgy because you have... Japanese versions and then other localized versions that aren't quite the same. So do you consider that a new game? Do you not? You have arcade games. You have toys that had games on them, but you could only get that game by getting the toy. It was a lot. So my best estimates for all of you is somewhere between 60 and 100. They have so many spinoff games. Y'all, I'm looking at the list he has right here. I have. I could ramble off to you a good chunk of their spinoff games, as well as the year they came out. It's a lot. But they're they're able to do that because they license out Pokemon to other companies, and these other companies will develop side games for them to tie over Pokemon fans before their main series title game is to come out. Makes sense. Yes. Some of the most popular... Pokemon spinoffs have been the Pokemon Stadium series that was for the Nintendo 64, which allowed, like, it was basically 3D Pokemon battles, which was revolutionary at the time. Right, right. Because they were all just 2D sprites. And then you had um, Pokemon Coliseum that kind of expanded on the Pokemon Stadium format, and it featured a kind of darker, more adult story. You actually played a villain who went rogue from his villain organization 
the villain organization had discovered a way to steal Pokemon from other trainers. Oh, dang. And you steal that technology to steal Pokemon back from them. It's my personal dang, favorite. Epic, okay. It's my personal yeah. favorite Pokemon side story game. So I love Pokemon Coliseum. <laughs> um, oh, actually, that's not true because you also have the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series. That is probably oh, the most fun. popular side series. Yeah. Starting out with Pokemon Red and Blue Rescue Teams. Then they got their sequel games, Explorers of Darkness, Time, and Sky. Uh, then the series kind of went downhill, but that's another story. So those are a couple of the popular side stories. So that's kind of how the game structures work. And then, of course, like you said, we have the movies, we have the show, we have all of the merchandise. Oh, gosh, so much merchandise. Like, there's... So in the games, to heal your Pokemon after battling, you go to Pokemon Centers. Many of you probably remember Pokemon Centers. If you know anything about Pokemon, you have Nurse Joy. She's there to heal your Pokemon. There are real-world stores known as Pokemon Centers that exclusively sell Pokemon merchandise. They're pretty much only in Japan, which is kind of disappointing. I really want to go to a Pokemon Center. I know you do. I'm sorry. One day. One day. One of these days. It'll happen. So that, uh, that, otherwise you did pretty good. Just clearing up the game format, but otherwise pretty good so we will take a quick break and then we will get into some discussion yeah discussion about you know what we were interested in and what we wanted to know more about maybe i don't know but yeah we'll be right back we'll be right back It is time to for the discussion portion yes. of today's podcast. So for Timothy, what was the wildest thing? Wildest thing. Okay. Honestly, it was that world building we were talking about earlier and how deep you can go in the games with all these other things. Yes. So yes, battling is a large portion of this game. Yes. But it did not end up that way. Well, I mean, it is still very... Okay, yes. Sorry. It's the central mechanic. It's still mechanic. very large. But it there's is much the central more. mechanic. But then you had things added, like breeding. You can breed your Pokemon now. That's that's cool. You know, get a little Pokemon egg and wonder what it'll become. You can, in some of the games, participate in contests. And not like, you know, battling contests. No, beauty pageants, essentially. Yes. And um, You actually want me to give a full breakdown of this? Please really do, because okay. it's wild. So in Generation 1, it was just battles. You went, you fought the gyms, fought the evil team, fought Boom. the elite four. Yeah. Uh, in the second games, they introduced Pokemon breeding, like he said. So in the first games, there was a daycare that you could leave your Pokemon at, and as you ran around, they would get stronger. But in the second games, in Gold and Silver, they introduced the daycare where you could leave two Pokemon at a time rather than one. And if you leave two compatible Pokemon, you would get an egg, and that egg would hatch into a Pokemon. Yep. So that's... they introduced breeding. They... I was actually wrong. In the first games, and it returned in the second games, there was the Game Corner, which basically had virtual slot machines. Oh, yeah. So you would use your in-game money, and you would you know buy tokens, and you would play these little slot machine games, and you would 
build up money, which could get you rare items. It could get you rare Pokemon. So that was the first extra mechanic. In Generation 3, they introduced the contests, the beauty pageants. They yeah. weren't just beauty. It was like beauty. No, it was like beauty and then like abilities and... Well, the, the five cat yeah, was beauty, cool, uh, tough, cute, and smart. Sure. Those those were the five categories of pageants. So you would have like the smart pageant and then the tough pageant. So it was a fun little mini game that I got added. That, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if anything else got added. I might. I'm probably gonna miss some stuff. I'm doing this all off of my memory. In Generation Four, the contest format was expanded upon. Right. Yes, and then they also added. It was like a pilot for. A mechanic that got added in the remakes of the second games, which was Pokemon walking behind you. Yes. They introduced um, in the fourth games a little park where you could take baby Pokemon. There are specific, there's a specific section of Pokemon known as baby Pokemon. Kind of strange. It is a little yeah. strange, but you would take them for a walk. And it, their little sprite would follow you around and they could collect you items. Which became a huge thing in the remakes of the second games. In the fifth one, I was so mad. They removed the contests. I'm not going to lie. I loved contests. They were such a fun mini game. In favor of Pokemon Musicals, which was basically contests without the fun. It's fine. It doesn't sound fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and then in Gen 6, oh, I'm struggling to remember if there was any special little mini game in Gen 6. I don't think there really was. Oh, no, not true. In Gen 6, Gen 6 was the first games where they used 3D models instead of sprites, and they had a special mechanic where you could play with your Pokémon and do little mini games with your Pokémon. So that was really really unique and cool. Is that the thing I saw where you could like feed it and pet it yeah and yeah. yeah you could feed it little pastries you could pet them and as their love for you growed when you played with them you would get bonuses in battle so they would sometimes dodge attacks they would sometimes survive a hit that they shouldn't have been able to take it was a really cool concept so there's a plethora of little mechanics that keep getting added so you can take the game as deep or shallow as you want. If you just want to use your favorite Pokemon and just over-level them and beat up everybody, that's fine. If you want to get into the little nuances, the mini-games, the side quests, or dig really deep into the mechanics themselves, you can get as much as you want out of these games. Oh yeah, because like along with what you are saying about the mechanics themselves, there's a lot you can kind of alter with the Pokemon themselves. Like you were talking about the, um, before in our pre, pre-production meeting, you mentioned the like attack and the defense and yes. all this stuff. This can be altered yeah, depending on what you want. Everything about your Pokemon can be as fine tuned as you want it to be. If you don't, if it doesn't matter that much to you, if you're just playing the game, then you just play the game. But uh, for those who play Pokemon competitively, you can fine-tune your Pokemon so it is as strong as it can be in-game, which is really fun to get into if you really like the like technical side of things. Yeah, that's kind of just wild. It's like, wild. Oh, it's nuts. Y'all, they gave these things personalities. 
Yeah, so you'll have like natures. Four or Gen four, Gen three, Gen three, three. In Gen three, they gave them natures. So your Pokemon has the naive nature. It has the uh, I don't know bashful nature. It has the relaxed nature. Those kind of things. Sarcastic. Why not? (laughs) So I don't know if that's in there. Don't quote me. But based on the nature that it gets, a stat will be boosted and a stat will be reduced. So. I'm trying to think if there's any I remember. I think Rash boosts attack but lowers defense. And so you can fine-tune your Pokemon. Yeah, Yeah, so you can fine-tune your Pokemon to have a certain... Like, you catch a Pokemon of a certain nature, it will be stronger in certain areas than other Pokemon that are exactly like it. Yeah. It's wild. It's a wild, wild time. Wild Pokemon. So, wow, really? Catch them all. It's dangerous to go alone. Pokeball. Okay. So what about you? What is something you were wrong about or didn't know or anything in that sort of... Well, something I didn't know, and as an aside, I, I'm i pretty well-versed in the Pokemon world. I, I've been around for a while. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yes. And so I was actually a little shocked to learn that I did not know that Pokemon almost didn't succeed. Almost didn't make it. No. So in the first games, the when... Very beginning. Very like, beginning, the first production, we mentioned how Nintendo didn't really get the game. They, they were like, we don't really no, see how yeah. this is going to be popular. We don't really know why I should back it. But they eventually... Didn't understand it. They were confused by it. All of those things. It was yeah. just... So they eventually just said, look, as long as you guys got the money and finish the game, we'll publish it. So it will be on our platforms if you can finish it. And they almost did not. They were so close to bankruptcy when the ga- the first games were nearing completion. Like, people were quitting because their financial situation was just too dire. Uh, Sugimori and Tajiri were working obscene, unpaid hours to try to get this game finished. And even when it finished, it was not the like iconic success that it is. It wasn't like that overnight. It was successful, know. but nothing groundbreaking. It actually was saved by a bug, which we mentioned. So everybody kind of, if you know anything about Pokemon, you're like, there was 150 original Pokemon. That's actually not exactly true. There was 150 Pokemon normally programmed into the original two games however the legendary pokemon mew was kind of snuck in there as uh, the 151st pokemon but it was just kind of an easter egg for developers so only developers should have been able to access that pokemon well a bug in the game caused some people to encounter mew and some people to not and so it's very spotty i guess sightings you could call them in people's games caused the game to skyrocket in popularity and that was basically the kickstarter to keep this ball rolling they made the second games which they continued to struggle through they the two creators actually mentioned in some interviews how they still felt like hobbyists like they were just they weren't really a major company they were just messing around with code and in the third generation in ruby sapphire and emerald 
a lot of people were like, Pokemon's gonna die now. It's it's over, the fads gone by, they had a good run, but it's over. Not knowing that it was eventually going to become the second most successful game franchise and the single highest grossing media company of all time. Talk about a major in-your-face moment. A major like... in-your-face, yes. It's only second to Mario in game franchises and when it comes to media so game franchises that just has to do with your horrors your games but media franchises so that's everything else so the tv shows the books the movies the merchandise all of that wrapped in one yeah pokemon is the single highest grossing media company in the world like for reference mcu so the marvel cinematic universe that company makes 35 billion dollars there so estimated yes estimated 35 billion dollar worth pokemon is 100 billion big difference yeah let that sink in now granted pokemon has been around a little longer but a lot longer (laughs) it's fine but i mean just some more for reference so mickey mouse and friends 74 billion pokemon 100 billion star wars 70 billion pokemon 100 billion they are loaded. And then the kicker, who's right behind Pokemon, oh, yeah. other Kid- than... Hello Kitty. Yeah, fun fact. The person, the company that Pokemon took the top spot from as highest grossing media franchise, they took it from Hello Kitty. So enjoy Who that. I know, yeah. mull over that over dinner. But it was just crazy to me how the games almost failed. Like, that's inconceivable in this day and age pretty cool though i know it's it's a it's a very impressive success story so was there anything that you timothy were confused about in your research yeah and i mentioned it a little bit earlier um but kind of way back at the beginning of it all right it was tajiri and i can never remember how to pronounce his name sugimori sugimori thank you when they were first creating it maybe this was just the article i found that worded it funny but there was something, supposedly a version either in the magazine or it was going to be in the magazine before the actual games or something like that. Maybe that was just the article I read, but how did it all begin? Yeah, I definitely don't know where he got... Because Game Freak was a magazine. They right. were originally a magazine. They just posted game-related articles. But then, you know, Tajiri and Sugimori came up with the idea. It was kind of based on... Tajiri's love for bug collecting as a kid. Right, I read that, which is pretty cool because, like, you know, it's a cool hobby by itself. It's yeah. cool to look at insects, I suppose, if that's your thing. It's not really mine. No. But, you know, they just took this concept yeah, and they, they made wanted it work. to make a game out of it. Yeah, so I don't know where he's getting this, uh, like, it was pre. I mean, I know Sugimori made some concept art. This is. Maybe a that's fun, what it was talking about. Maybe. I don't know. This is a fun little little trivia thing for you. If you're ever asked the question, what is the first Pokemon, don't answer, because it's a trick question. So I've seen lovely, like, do you want to be a millionaire edits of this question? Because there are actually four acceptable answers. So the first okay. two have to do with that lore that we, we, we touched on a we little touched bit. On yeah. a little. Like we said, the very in-depth world building. So there's the Pokemon... Arceus, which is basically the god of the Pokemon world. He was there at the beginning 
he was the like an egg at the beginning of time and he hatched and he brought everything into being you it's, have, it's a crazy time it's guys. a crazy time you have mew as we mentioned mew is considered the ancestor of all pokemon you have bulbasaur which is the first pokemon in the, in the pokedex in the pokedex big database one. yes and so yeah just kind of to touch on that the pokedex is the database of pokemon yeah. that you get in game I think technically, like, the original goal that the professor gave you in, like, the first game was, hey, help me fill out this Pokedex, and so that's why you were leaving home. Yeah, so that's that's the original catch-em-all. You had to register all 150 Pokemon in your Pokedex, which you could only do by catching them all. Yeah. But uh, back to the concept art, the fourth answer to the first Pokemon is actually the Pokemon Rhydon, which is basically a rhinoceros-based Pokemon covered in cement yeah essentially and it you know it's a rhinoceros covered in cement on two legs that's just yeah. look up art it'll do a lot better for you Rhydon, which it was one of the original pokemon concept arts oh, so, interesting yeah. that's super cool so fun facts there but as far as i'm aware it was nothing like before it was going to be a game it okay. was always intended to be a game I could be wrong. Nerd shame me later. If you know, let us know. Let everybody else know. Yeah, and take a look at our sources. We'll have them in the description. We didn't mention that last episode, did we? What? We didn't mention our sources in the last oh, episode. Hey, our last episode had sources. Yes, all of our episodes, we will have our sources as a link in the description. Feel free to take a look. Yes. We'd love for you to. Yes. Uh, so was there anything you wanted to learn more about? just how to understand all of this in-depth stuff like okay y'all when i was looking at the types that was confusing enough then i looked at what was dual typing i got I, so yeah. confused okay so so quick which we can we could even make a full another episode on that if we wanted i but. mean it's a it's a fun so pokemon doesn't do anything arbitrarily so all of their types are meant to be as intuitive as possible we mentioned there are 18 of them but most of their, like, weaknesses or strengths, you know, they're meant to be able to be logiced out. So take the fairy type that we mentioned. That's one of the more complex ones. You know, it's weak against steel type because iron burns fairies. And it's weak to the poison type in reference to Tinkerbell being right. poisoned. Right, yeah. It all makes sense. Yes. And then to just give another example, we'll do the psychic type. The psychic type is strong against the fighting type because mind over matter and it's strong against oh what else is psychic oh, it's gosh. weak against bug dark and ghost because those are three common fears so people are afraid of the oh, dark afraid cool. of ghosts okay. and afraid of bugs and so they're strong against the psychic type so while they are very complicated it's one of those things just as you play you will intuitively pick these up it's kind of hard to think of learning them, but they gradually introduce Pokemon as you go. Like when you start out, you the first route doesn't even, I think, have any real typed Pokemon usually. I think they're all normal. They're all normal type, which has no strengths. It's not strong against any Pokemon. The only thing it has going for it... Actually, that's not true. It's weak to fighting, so that's its one weakness because... A normal person versus a strong person. Who's going to win? More, like, more than likely the strong the person. The strong person. But then it has no effect 
on the ghost type, and the ghost type has no effect on it because, you know, your average everyday person cannot see ghosts. Nope. So, but they start you out with a Pokemon that has no strengths. So it does is not strong against or at least anything. to be able to catch. Well, yes, to catch. Yeah. So because you either start out with a fire, or grass. Yeah, or... they start you out with the basic triangle of fire beats grass, grass beats water, water beats fire. Right. To get you introduced to that mechanic, and then they introduce some very bare bones Pokemon. I think the only the only two types that are like prevalent in every game that you can get at the beginning, other than normal, are bug and flying, which actually introduces your first pairing other than the initial triangle because flying is super effective against bug because birds eat bugs yeah which they actually yell about in like episode two of the original show i forgot yeah ash catches a caterpie which is a bug type it's based on a caterpillar and then he tries to catch a bird and he sends out his caterpie who immediately no and his companion at the time, Misty, yells at him. He's like, why would you send out a bug? Birds eat bugs. Yep. So, but definitely the best way if you want to like kind of get into any of that is pick up a Pokemon game because you will intuitively learn all of this. It does a good job of, you know, introducing these concepts to you and then naturally and organically building on them. Yeah, it's a very... I guess user-friendly would be a yeah. good word for you. Very user-friendly game. Yeah. Um, well, it depends on which game. Okay, fair. So the original games were not kind. Um, there wasn't a lot of guidance of where you could go, so you could end up in a place you were not supposed to be. Like, the Pokemon are way stronger than you, the trainers are way stronger than you, So and you could miss items that were key to getting oh, yeah. into certain areas. Those games were not kind. We've actually moved to basically the opposite end of the spectrum. Sword and Shield, uh, it's actually, it's a bit controversial. A lot of people find it extremely linear. They don't give you a lot of freedom. It's always follow this very narrow path to the next location. Follow the yellow brick road. Yes. Make it to the next gym. Yes. There's not a whole, a whole lot of room to just kind of be and explore and there's not a lot of like organic world which is a shame so yeah. if you i don't know you could probably get a ds nowadays for like 50 bucks that's what i was thinking in GameStop, use yeah and then i don't know pick up any any ds game really they're all right. pretty good diamond and pearl though diamond and pearl those are my good. favorite those were the last I ones know. i like solidly played and yeah it was, it was a good time personal preferences yeah but what is this podcast except for personal preferences? Honestly. <laughs> Spouting some facts from other people. A lot of, yo guys, this is wild. Let me tell you about uh, it. <laughs> yeah. So something that I definitely did want to like learn about was kind of the history of the mechanics. Because I touched on what I know from just my many years of playing and learning about Pokemon. But I kind of wanted to get a little more in depth into that just to hear more about it. I used to know the actual algorithm for how much damage a move would do against a Pokemon. I think I remember when you had that memorized. Uh, it was it's a big algorithm. Not nearly as complex as the algorithm for whether or not you're going to catch a Pokemon. 
That I definitely remember because you would spend algor- hours on it. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that algorithm. You didn't? No. What am I thinking of? I don't know. But well, that algorithm rip. was too much. I was like, you know what? Just keep throwing Pokeballs until you catch them. Fair enough. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Got to catch them all. Got to. So that about covers Pokemon. Yeah. That was a nice general overview. Dipping our toe in the water of Pokemon. Yes. And so this was kind of something that was a bit of our intent with the these kind of episodes is we're giving you all lots of base knowledge. So now, if we go in-depth into anything else in the Pokemon world, you have at least a better understanding of some of the inner workings of Pokemon. Right. Like, we did not even begin to touch on some of the controversy that has been surrounding the oh, Pokemon goodness, world. Oh, goodness, no, yeah. There, if you just search Pokemon controversy, there's, there's a, lot. a significant list. Like, just go out there, yes. give it a look. And there was a lot before these games. It, it's not a game without its drama. Did you know it's banned in Saudi Arabia? Yes. That's that's wild to me. Yes, I did. Uh, I don't... Don't quote me on this, but I'm fairly certain one pope at one time declared it like a sacrilegious game, and then another pope apologized for that. I... I saw a different thing that said something about some Christian groups not being okay with it. Yeah, so I, I would some Christians don't like it because Pokemon can evolve. As you level up your Pokemon, as they get stronger, they evolve, so they change forms. And they're like, well, that base is heavily... It's got a lot. A lot of, There's a lot of a controversy. A lot of controversy. So um, we didn't even get into that. But, no. you know, if we ever revisit Pokemon in any of its many facets, now you know a little bit more. We're building up your literacy in these realms exactly just food for thought food for this is you've now learned a thing exactly so and that wraps up pokemon yes so next week is going to be a topic that neither of us are knowledgeable about nope doesn't fit with either of our passions no and so as we mentioned we spend roughly four to twelve hours on topics that we know about that's just to give us flexibility if it's a topic that has a lot of information or if we have a lot of time one week, um, yes. we're still in college, people. Yeah, so that's why it's such a big window. So this one, it's a little smaller of a window, but it is more time because we want to do these topics justice, make sure that we do cover everything, and make sure that we do know everything there is to know about stuff that we don't know about. So the hint for you all, obviously we both know the topic because we both have to research it. All I'm going to say is you're really going to get a kick out of this one. That's it. That's it. That's, That's your get. hint. Let us know what you think. Yes. And, uh, well, I guess you'll find out if you're right next Friday. Yes. So. So with that, uh, feel free to email us about anything in this episode, anything in a past episode at kynpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And follow us on all of the social medias. All of it. It's all kynpodcast. Know your nonsense podcast. And yeah, get out there and learn a thing. Yeah, learn all the things. All the things. 151 things, one for each Pokemon. Yes, learn every Pokemon type. (laughs) That's a bit much. (laughs) I could probably do that. You go ahead. Uh, We could do that after this. No. Yeah. No. Bye. Bye.